Welcome to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard each week on the CRM Sports Network and this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up on the program, we'll dive into one of the most unlikely come-from-ahead collapses in the history of college football. When Texas A&M held a 44-10 lead with about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter and lost to UCLA 45-44 with the entire nation tuned in Sunday night at the Rose Bowl. It was equal parts meltdown on offense, on defense, on and the coaching staff, a little special teams blunder mixed in as well. But all three elements caved in under pressure of the moment, and that was more than enough for Bruins star quarterback Josh Rosen to go to work. The junior coming back from an injury, an injured shoulder last year, had nerve damage in it, and he was highly motivated to show what he is coming into his draft year. He wasn't good early. He was hit a lot, but down the stretch, passed for 292 yards and four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Josh Rosen passed for eight yards under 300, 292 yards, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone, stealing the wind out of the wind out of the Aggies' jaws and sending the A&M fan base into an outrage on social media. Even A&M system, system regent Tony Busby got involved in the public reaction, calling for fi- the firing of head coach Kevin Summers. Said if he had a vote, or he does have a vote, well, I guess he doesn't have a vote in what's going to happen with the decision. That's really up to athletic director Scott Woodward, but he's a voter for the A&M system, and he said if it came down to his vote, he would vote that someone be fired. Uh, goes full-fledged scorched earth on his own personal Facebook page. We'll break down the game. We'll talk about what went right, and there was a lot that did prior to about halfway through the third quarter. We'll discuss what went wrong, and there's a lot of that, and also how to turn the corner after a gut-wrenching defeat. And doing so without quarterback Nick Starkle. The starting quarterback suffered a broken ankle, and he is likely out for the year. He had ankle surgery earlier this week. Also, safety and one of your top playmakers on your own on your entire team, Donovan Wilson, also had surgery to repair a broken foot. He's out as well. Coming up in the program, longtime former coach, also a Bryant-era quarterback back under Coach Paul Bear Bryant at Texas A&M. Jimmy Wright will join us in studio, and we'll get into this game a little bit. Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network and ESPN.com writer Sam Kahn will be on the show as well. We'll also look ahead to the four games that matter in the SEC in Week 2. All that and more coming your way next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. The forecast today is for skin itch and irritation because with warm weather like this comes all sorts of bug bites and rashes. The best way to be prepared? With the power of 10, Cortisone 10, the NEH cream that brings fast-acting, long-lasting relief, relief that lasts 10 full hours. So let's revise that forecast because with Cortisone 10, your day is looking a whole lot better. That's the power of 10. Cortisone 10. Use as directed. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With MetroPCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, MetroPCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11 17 Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and read. Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 8 21 For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. 
As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Listening to the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, Gabe Bach with you, and we're joined in studio right now by Jimmy Wright, former longtime quarterback and coach. He was an offensive coordinator at Mississippi State and Tennessee. He was former head coach at Wichita State. He joins us in studio, and we're going to look ahead to what happened late in the second half that allowed UCLA to overcome a 34-point deficit in the final 17 minutes to shock the Aggies 45-44 Sunday at the Rose Bowl. Jimmy Wright with us. James Wright, Jr., former Bryant-era quarterback, been around here for a long time, seen, uh, heard, been a part of a lot of football. Tough wins, brutal losses, right? blowouts, and embarrassing uh, wins and losses the other way, too. So he's been a part of all of it. He's seen it all. Matter of fact, he's even opened up against UCLA on the road and lost. That's right. So he's been there. Uh, number one UCLA in 1955. He's coached a bunch. Mississippi State OC, Tennessee OC, head coach at Wichita State. He's been at Tech. And he's with us now and his early – 80s in his young early 80s young 80s and going backwards (laughs) that's exactly right jimmy writes with us in studio jimmy how are you we got a lot to talk about i'm doing just fine and like uh, a man told me many years ago that had watched many a game that a&m had played at the university of texas and i didn't even know this till we beat them in 56 but a&m had not won at memorial stadium for 57 years, and I remember this statement, and it, it held true Saturday, uh, Sunday night in the second half. If A&M did not have bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck at all. Well, sometimes and, you make your own luck. And sometimes you got to make your own luck. Right. That's why I'm going to get into the four Fs that all head coaches talk about, and it's always going to be the number one thing of how you win games. And it all starts with an F. Are F grades or are they acronyms? This is not, this is not grades. Okay. This is words that tell you what you got to do. Okay. For example, number one is a fast start. Did we have a fast start? Incredible fast Incredible, start. Incredible, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that it was even went into the third quarter, 44 to 10. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have had a better game plan with an inexperienced quarterback a new line, and play two backs. I've been saying this forever, is that you got to play two running backs. I don't care if you've got a Johnny Manziel or a Tannehill, but a running game with two backs gives you misdirection. It gives you ability to have some play-action passes and extra blockers. In they had two backs and a tight end in there one time. And they have to have on defense – more people, and that's why Nick Stargle completed five out of five right off the bat. That's right. And then after that, he went one for eight. Mm-hmm. And that would, that's not good. And then he got hurt. He's probably out for the year with a broken uh, ankle. And, and time marches on is what I'm going to say as a head coach. It's step up, Gabe. You're next in line. See? Sure, sure. And, and I don't mean that nastier or to criticize anybody, mm-hmm. but – Football, you're going to have injuries, and the next guy has got to make 
the plays. Oh, now, yeah. yep. getting back to the four Fs. All right, fast the first start. Is, is fast right. start. Did that. Next one is first downs. First Man, down. we made a bunch, and 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 we kept the ball. We made first downs. Move the chains. We had 23 first downs overall. Uh, UCLA had 28. Now they got all of theirs in the second half. Right. Yeah, and then 56% on third down in the first half, 33 in the second. But UCLA, 22% on third down you in the go. first half, 71% in the second half. And, and first downs to all you fans out there, what it means is the quarterback is managing the game, taking care of the game plan, making the right checks, getting the team in the right formation, reading the defense, and he can either check off from a run to a run or a run to pass or pass to a run. He's running the show, managing the game, and we looked extremely sharp the first half right? with first downs. And then that's where we start our problem what after think, the half. Could you diagnose the reasons why? Or do you want to finish the Fs? Yes. Let's finish the Fs real quick. Because the Fs get gets into, into how we lost. All right, good. The next is – Find a way to make plays. Find a way. Find a way to make plays. Mm-hmm. Now, don't think that when you have a great comeback, like I tell everybody in a lot of the comebacks when I was a quarterback and I was called the blonde bomber, now I'm the gray bomber, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever you do have a great comeback, and we've had many of them at A&M, on our side, and we've had some against us. <clears throat> this was an, a historic 34-point comeback. But what you find out is that players do not make the play, either on defense or offense, when they get an opportunity. When I beat Rice in the last two minutes, or LSU, or Texas Tech under Coach Bryant, it wasn't that we played so great, Gabe. It's the people playing defense made historical bad decisions. Right. I can name you three plays, maybe four. We kick a field goal. We kick the field goal. We have 47 points. I don't care if they score five possessions. They're going to have to go for two. They're still one point behind, and we win. Right. I don't care if number 26 will remember that play the rest of his life where he sure should have would. intercepted the pass and the guy catches it behind him, walks in the end zone. I'll tell you what, a thousand times he doesn't do that again. That's the same play that Auburn made in 2010 to go and play for the national championship when Georgia – 13, went, 13, 2013. 2013 mm-hmm. when Georgia went up – and tipped the ball, and then the free safety tipped it, and then Gabe Bach or Jimmy Wright standing there caught it and walked in the end zone. But the guy that made the egregious play to to run into his own guy on that tip is now playing for Auburn. Right. (laughs) He's a good player, Trey Matthews. Now, just think of the many times, Gabe, that you saw. Now, let's don't kid ourselves. Rosen is a pocket passer and a waddle guy moving around. Right. But in the pocket, he's In the crisp. pocket, he's got a quick release, and he reads the defense. He's an experienced. Bullet on that's, it, too. That's his, that's his strength. Yeah. But when he goes left to right, maybe I could catch him right now with two hip replacements. See? Okay. Probably could. Look at the times that we missed him diving for him. Mm-hmm. Look at the time when he lobs the ball up. Coach Bryant would always shake his hand when Osborne was – throw a wobbly pass, and he, that meant, you know, uh, get something off your hand. It looks bad, see? <laughs> and so he threw that pass yeah. down there, and there was number 10, number 23, number 26. Never saw it, and bingo, that guy comes down with it. That's 14 points plus the field goal is 17. That's bad luck. Mm-hmm. Or find a way to make a play. Right. Find a way to have good luck. It doesn't make any difference yeah. whether it's offense or defense. And all yeah. you fans are going to find out one thing. You run the ball like we did, 382 yards. Now you're going to say, oh, we can't pass the ball. I've always said this 100 times to you fans. Balance attack will win 10 games and a title. 
you have to be able to run the ball 55%, pass the ball, work on it 45 A balanced attack. you got to have that. Yep. And I'm not saying UCLA will not do well in the Pac-12 this year, but if they don't run the ball better, I think all they had was 60 yards, I believe. They did. They had 63 yards. And, yeah. and you, you, you're not going to win a lot of games because I'm giving you – Find a way to make a play that all A&M's got to do is make three plays in this game, and we win by 17 points. What's the fourth F? The fourth one is, and this is what we've got to learn, we haven't done it the last four years of RC, the last five years of Franchoni, the last four years of Sherman, and the last three years of Sumlin. Finish the game. What that means and really, in the locker room, when the coach says, knock them out. Right. I mean, put your foot on the pedal and keep scoring. They were circling if, the drain, Jimmy. If you could get 80 points, knock them out. We'll have more with Jimmy Wright right after this on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Back with you, it's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. We're back with Jimmy Wright. So what do you do right now? I'm not asking you what you would do if you were in their position, but they, they've got an interesting um, they've got decision in, to make, right? Is they've it got a very interesting decision to make. Or do you go with a young guy and get him as ready as possible over the next two weeks? Here's here's what I – if if I don't want to say I would do, but they've got an interesting situation there with a guy by the name of Jay Kubinak that I have a lot of uh, a tremendous uh, feeling for that's helped us many times when we had our three-quarterback problem. Mm-hmm. Kenny Hill, Kyle Allen, and Kyler Murray. He was here. He wasn't here it, with Kenny, but he was here with Kyle. Well, he was here Kyle when we Kyle. had a quarterback right, problem. Right, And so – and I just throw Kenny in there because he, he's transferred too. Right, see? right. But anyway, getting back to uh, – the, the situation, however they want to do it, with Jake Hubenack and Kellen Mon, neither one of them are a strength with two pluses. Kellen Mon is a is a threat as a runner. He's I don't think he's near as polished as Trevor Knight as a runner or experience wise, mm-hmm. but he's a runner. Right, and he's. Mediocre in passing. Jake Hubenack is an experienced quarterback, and he is a better passer than than Kellen Mond, and not as good a runner. So, neither one of them are a Johnny Manziel or Tannehill or Stephen McGee. Okay, absolutely. And neither one of them are like Jimmy Wright's the best passer in the conference. They're not like that. Okay, right. So they need to come up with a way to run the ball. A running game, like Bobby Lane told me many years ago, is his best friend, and especially when you get older. And experience is what he's talking about. And so two back sets and a tight end, I think, would be something to solve the situation. And if number four, Ratley, has got to produce more to be a threat to where everybody doesn't double cover Christian Kirk or, jo- or Jawan Osmond, number two. Somebody's got to come in here and help us produce better at, at end and get the ball more to number three, number two, and let Keith Ford and Trevon Williams and, and Kendall Bussey, number 25, and if they got to bring in Etway, number 22, for, for four backs, then do it. But that would be something to help the situation against Nickel State. To me, Nickel State and Louisiana Lafayette is a time for our quarterback situation to acquire snaps and reps and get ready for the University of Arkansas. Yes, absolutely. And so – in that vein, you got to use a lot of Kellen Mond. I would expect A&M is going to start Kellen Mond and not Jake Kubinek. 
if they were interested in playing Jake Hubenek, they would have played Jake Hubenek down the stretch when things started going south. Jake Hubenek in that game when things started getting away from A and M, when things start getting game, slippery, right? They win the game, put it all on a first uh, a, a true freshman in his very first game at the Rose Bowl in a tight, tight situation with nerves and pressure and everything else. So if they were that interested in that, if they were interested in playing a vet, they go get Stidham. They want to play these young guys, and one of them's injured. So it's Mon's time, in my opinion. It, it, it is. Uh, it, I really believe that it's going to end up, Gabe, with both quarterbacks, number 10, number 11, playing against Nickel State, Louisiana Lafayette. Because one can pass and, and maneuver a little bit. The other one can run and – and seventeen percent, three of seventeen, is a is is a very very low percentage. Uh, Josh Rosen did not have a good first half, but he ended up thirty five of fifty eight for sixty two percent. What do you hear me say all the time? Sixty two point five is a winning number. Yeah, See? and in the second half, it's probably more like eighty. But but that made yeah. it that made it overall sixty two percent. See, yeah, he was and he great. was hot. Three hundred yards in the fourth quarter. And now here's another pass. thing that you got to really get ready. You got to figure out how to get the ball against Nickel State, Louisiana Lafayette. If you're going to throw it to someone on the inside that's good enough to beat Sam linebacker, strong safety, just like Wilson did. Against us, he caught 15 passes for 203 yards, and he was the star of the game. Yeah, believe. Me. Yeah, to me that could be Aaron Hansford. There Maybe you go. Time to put See, some, time to time to force feed him a little bit against these two guys, and, these two teams. And, and yeah. it's, you got to have somebody in there that can look be a tight end that gives you an inside preference. Right. Whenever it's third and seven, if he can go down there and do a curl or outside hook. Even if he catches it and falls down at eight and a half yards, you move the chains. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright. We'll look ahead to everything going on around the SEC in week one. We'll look ahead to week two. Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network will join us next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Tree. Tree here, just calling to say thanks for letting me crash at your place the other night. <laughs> well, on your place. It was a rough night. I had a bit too much wind, and I think I, I might have broke your chimney, actually. So, yeah. Um, oh, any chance you'd want to drop off my tire swing? Yeah. I mean, if not, that's cool. Okay, later. Trees won't pay for tree damage. Luckily, one call to the GEICO Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Every legend starts somewhere. Your legend starts with FanDuel. On FanDuel, there's a fantasy football contest for every fan. Play for as little as a dollar or compete for a share of a million. And you can also win incredible fan experiences and tickets to the biggest games. FanDuel has options for every fan, even new players. Get started with beginner-only contests so you can take on other new players. Just choose the contest that's right for you, then build your team. It's simple. Every player has a different salary, and you can pick any player you want. Just stay under the salary cap. And with FanDuel Friends Mode, it's easy to set up a private league so you and your friends can play all season long. Since you pick a new team every week, there's no need to worry about season-ending injuries or draft busts. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over $1 million in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com and sign up with promo code 1414. That's FanDuel.com, promo code 1414. FanDuel.com, promo code 1414. Voidware prohibited. 
Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and we're joined right now by ESPN and SEC Network's Laura Rutledge. How's everything going? How was week one? Oh, my goodness. Was it awesome or what? I think college football, just every time, we know how great it's going to be, but then it ends up sort of exceeding our expectations in so many different ways. And I thought this was one of the best week ones we've ever had. It was so much fun. On so many different levels, we saw some great games, including last night even. It feels like yeah. week one is spilling over into week two. And, and Gabe, if you look at some of the week two matchups, it has the potential to live up to some of the greatness of week one. It really does. There aren't as many awesome games, but even in the SEC, there are going to be four good ones. We'll hit those momentarily, but I guess it all started real early for you. Well, there was Thursday, but then over the weekend – you had less miles on the set and all those personalities. Tebow was back. You had Paul and Marcus. And you know, I thought you did a good job of just managing all of that personality, especially the less miles element. You could throw the script out the window when, when that Mad Hatter shows up. Uh, yeah, we just got a lot less thing. And <laughs> you never knew what was really coming. And we just uh, tried to roll with it. So uh, it, it was definitely fun, though, to have him around. And it, it's so interesting getting to know some of these coaches on the other side of things and and listening to their stories about what happened when we thought maybe it was one thing and it was actually something else and uh, he was just really interesting to talk to for a while so it was fun to have him on the show so what specifically really jumped out to you if you if you were writing headlines what would be some of the sec headlines from week one i think the biggest one is that alabama is still all about defense and, you know, we kind of were waiting to see if this Alabama offense was really going to come to life under Brian Dable. Yeah. We really haven't seen that yet, although they still won the game thanks to defense and special teams. Um, you know, another headline would be heartbreak for A&M. And I think yep. that game is just something that I still can't get over it, Gabe. I mean, I can't figure out exactly what happened. <laughs> I was watching You're telling it. us, Laura? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't even imagine. I, I feel like it's tough to be an Aggie fan right now, but – you know, it, just as good as they looked in the first half, I was thinking, wow, this is incredible for A&M because they are proving so many people wrong right now. And then certainly we know what happened in the second half. We'll get into that more later. But that would be a, another headline. And then I think the, the third headline would be still uncertainty in the SEC East because yeah. if you think about the way that the East sets up, Florida obviously underachieved massively. And Tennessee, while I do think that you sort of say a game against a triple option team can be an outlier because it's just hard to know what a team really is when they're trying to face an offense like that. But Tennessee didn't look as good as you maybe thought they should have, although I do think there were a lot of people that felt there were some holes in this Tennessee team for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Georgia now, without Jacob Eason as the quarterback, we'll see how long he's out, but I think there's some question marks there. So once again, the East is sort of a question mark. Yeah, I agree. And now you got Jake Fromm, who looked pretty good as a freshman out there coming in for Eason early in that game, but now you're asking him to go to South Bend, and while hmm. it's sort of like the Rose Bowl in that it's not the most intimidating atmosphere that he's going to see this year if he keeps playing quarterback, like it would be when he plays in the SEC, but at the same time, it's the press prestige element of it I'm, I'm suddenly really doubting and very interested in watching that game and see how Jake Fromm leads the Bulldogs now thankfully he's got a good running game to help support him and make it easy easier for him but what an interesting matchup that is because Notre Dame looked very good with Wimbush at quarterback in week one yeah I think the fact that Jake Fromm has to go on the road is just really uh, going to be tough for him, and yeah. no matter what, you know, even if they're able to win this game, I do think that he may run into some troubles and struggles as a freshman quarterback. But it's interesting because the Appalachian State head coach said actually Jake Fromm he thought was better at quarterback than Jacob Eason. And if you look at the numbers, you know, you could make that argument. It obviously was at different points in the game, but right. I think the interesting thing here, Dave, is going to be what if Jake Fromm comes in and has a lot of success? What if? 
you know, somehow the run game opens up even more and they feel like he's really got a good handle on this offense. And then Jacob Eason comes back and they've got a, a, tr- a problem. What do we do? You know, do we put Jacob Eason back out there? He's a guy with more experience, although at times he hasn't been as consistent as maybe Georgia fans would expect him to be, although I think that's a little bit overzealous to expect out of him as a young guy. Uh, but I, they could have an interesting dilemma on their hands. Well, that, that's a problem. I think A&M would take that problem uh, mm. <laughs> and run with it because right now they've got their own set of quarterback issues. Nick Starkle looked all right. He didn't, he didn't just blow it up, but then he got injured. He's got an ankle issue, and he's going to be out probably for the year. And Kellen Mond looked very inefficient as a passer. Now, that's his very first game. You know, they're going to make some adjustments there, and then you got Kubinek on the side. I couldn't believe my eyes, and I was watching it in person. I can only imagine – how you guys thought about it, watching it from afar. Yeah, Gabe, like I said, I don't know if anybody will ever get over that game. I mean, it, there are just so many different ways you could go. But to me, the biggest thing, if you thought, if you think about specifically the quarterback spot, Aiden had a ton of success running the ball in the first half. Yeah. And to me, Kellen Mond should be a quarterback that when he's in, because he's such a threat to run, they should still have success running the football. So I don't know why they went away from some of that. You know, it felt right. like, they were trying to throw the ball. I don't know this for sure, obviously, but I would guess that A&M coaches, and I don't blame them for this, were thinking, all right, we've got a big lead. Let's try and see if we can get Kellen more comfortable throwing a football because it would obviously make sense to get him some of that experience in game one, thinking, hey, maybe we know that Nick Starkle is badly hurt. Kellen Mond is not going to have to leave this team. We saw severe inefficiencies for him when it comes to throwing a football. So that, that is an issue. But what I think you look at is just say, well, wait a second. They've got a really good rushing attack, and that should be the focus going forward. Their offensive line looks to be one of the best offensive lines in the SEC, I thought. Now, granted, I get it. It's against much lesser talent in UCLA. Their D-line is not going to stack up against some of these SEC D-lines that A&M will see down the stretch. But on the offensive side, I think it's going to have to be – majorly, majorly focused on running the football and maybe getting just some early short passes that Kellen Mond can throw to get comfortable as he goes forward. And the good thing for A&M is they do have a couple of lesser opponents here coming up to where they can get things sort of righted and, and hopefully push this out of their minds. I don't know how you do it, but that's why both coaches are paid millions of dollars <laughs> to figure that out and convince these players that you know, they've got to move on from it. Uh, one other quick point. I do think an X factor in this game was Josh Rosen, and you just don't see quarterback play like that every cool, day. But man. the fact that A&M had so many interceptions in their hands and let them slide through their fingers, literally one time slide through their fingers, and then turn into a touchdown, that, that can't happen. They could have changed this game if they had even completed one of those interceptions and held on to the football I know I'm not saying anything new here, but I Absolutely. think that needs to be yeah. real emphasis. Uh, and especially, you know, from the standpoint of a John Chavis defense that you would think he's known for blitzing and pressuring quarterbacks. They've got to do more of that going yep. forward, especially when they face some of these better quarterbacks. It was an historic, systematic meltdown and collapse and equal parts offense and defense. And the sidelines probably mm-hmm. most to blame for that. No question about that. I, you're, and you're, you're preaching to the choir here. There's not anybody that would disagree with you on that front. All right, let's do this before we let you go. Laura Rutledge with us, ESPN and the SEC Network. She's a host. She's the host of SEC Nation Saturdays and will be in Columbia as in Columbia, Missouri, for South Carolina, Mizzou, Columbia versus Columbia this weekend. But three (laughs) helmet stickers from the SEC. I'm going to let you kind of play off that ESPN uh, shtick, right? Give me your three – now, for for various reasons. Sometimes it can be a feel-good story. Sometimes it can be just utter dominance from an individual. Give me your three helmet stickers out of the SEC week one. My first one I'm going to give to the Alabama special teams. Mm. And I think if you look at Alabama, special teams doesn't always get a ton of credit on their team because there's so much talent offensively and defensively, but special teams changed that game against Florida State. So I'm giving a helmet sticker to the entire unit because they did a lot to make a difference, and those guys are not always given enough credit. Uh, My second helmet sticker goes to Jake Bentley at South Carolina. Nobody picked South Carolina to beat North Carolina State. I mean, it just did not seem like that was even a possibility for this team. And I think what you see out of Jake Bentley and what you see out of the South Carolina team is some serious moxie. They may be a team. I mean, just just considering what's going on in the SEC East, watch out for South Carolina. Maybe they've got something going. I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but I think they could threaten some people. 
Then my third helmet sticker goes to Tyson Smith from Michigan State. He's the kid who had a stroke nine months ago, had an interception, returned it for a touchdown in the game. I'm getting chills just talking about it. That's what college football is all about. One of the coolest things that I saw all weekend long and and just really – makes you say you know hey this kid may never play at the professional level he this may be you know some of his last times playing football but the fact that he was able to make that turnaround and come back from really a, a low depth of, of his life and come back with a career highlight like that was just really neat yeah between that and and jake olson at usc not just settling <laughs> for being on the roster but actually getting in the game even though he's blind and, you know between all of that and then, and then cam newton's little brother leading howard on a what they were 43 point dog and they beat unlv and that's a, the, <laughs> mo- the biggest underdog ever to win a game you know dormady yesterday i thought he showed a lot of moxie and toughness so i'm going to give him one i thought uh, bentley had to have some help and Debo Samuel definitely gave it to him also had a return for a score and then Drew Locke my gosh uh, 521 and seven touchdowns I know it's Missouri State but Missouri State was in that game for three quarters because Mizzou doesn't have a defense and the Drew Locke show is on again in 2017 that was impressive yeah also I mean quick note there uh, Dave Steckel, the head coach at Missouri State, used to be the defensive coordinator yeah. at Missouri. So you got to think he knows what this Missouri offense may be trying to do. And still, Drew Locke was able to put up numbers like that. So, yeah, huge credit to him. He's fun to watch. We always appreciate Laura. She'll be in Columbia, Missouri for Mizzou versus South Carolina on Saturday. When we come back, we'll stick with the family of networks. We'll stick with ESPN and ESPN.com SEC and A&M writer Sam Kahn will join us next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Welcome back, Gabe Bach with you. It's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. and We're joined right now by ESPN.com writer Sam Kahn. Get Sammy's reaction to the loss at UCLA, the quarterback dilemma moving forward, and much more. Sam Kahn is with us. Your view from what you saw out – you didn't go to the game, no. the Rose Bowl. You guys had Ed Actually, Ashoff you know, out there. Because of our reaction of having the weekend off. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So you watched it, certainly. Mm-hmm. What yes. is What was your view and perspective of the latest meltdown? I mean, it, it's – I mean, it's one of those once-in-a-generation type, you know, games. I mean, you know, people on Twitter were, you know, I know in my mentions were talking about Oilers, Bills, 93. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that kind of yep. collapse. Little and, Pats, Falcons in there. Right, right. The, the difference is there was no championship on the line right. here. I mean, this was the first game of the season. And I think that's probably what some people have lost perspective of. This is one game. It's the very first game of the season. There's 11 mm-hmm. more games to go. Yep. But th- certainly the management of the game down the stretch is probably the most questionable thing. Uh, I mean, certainly the defense had its failings. You know, offensively they couldn't move the chains as much as they needed to. And just overall from a, from a staff standpoint, the game needed to be managed better than it was. I mean, it should have never gotten to that point. And I'm not saying anything that's, you know, rocket science here. I mean, everybody knows that. But I, I think the – the the question to me is is how does this team respond moving forward you know are they going to I mean it's not going to affect them I don't imagine the next two weeks because the opponents are not of that caliber but in three weeks when they're two weeks when they play Arkansas when they play South Carolina when they play Alabama is this team going to be able to forget that are they going to be able to learn from it and put games away or or is this going to become a trend that ends up you know being the beginning of the end for for the regime here yeah we've had some pretty young play callers here even Kingsbury was a young play caller because you saw him in his infancy Mm -hmm. as a coach where he was just kind of helping out on the side trying to figure out what he wanted to do in life when he got to Houston and then worked under Holgerson and the rest then he got his opportunity became the guy and had a great year McKinney had never called plays Jake had really not called plays and now you got this veteran in here, thirty-something years in the coach. So this guy's a vet, right? He's as veteran as it gets. How, was it just shocking how much he put on Kellen Mond at the end when things were getting out of hand? You know, and and, and I wouldn't just necessarily put it on that, but also the fact should have Kellen Mond even been in the game at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a true freshman. That's a tough situation to be in. Uh, and again, it shouldn't have even gotten to that point. Right. I mean, defensively, you've got to get some stops. And I'm not blaming Mond. I know. No, no, yeah. I know. No, but what I'm saying is, is you know, I wonder if maybe 
maybe you, sh you you were going with two quarterbacks through the game. Once Starkle got hurt, maybe you should have thought about Jake Kubinak just to help you know complete some passes and move the chains. Because one thing when you have two quarterbacks with varying skill sets like that, once one of them when one of them's in, you're essentially telegraphing to the offense what you're doing. So if Mon's in, right. you're going to run the football. We know that, and they we were learned that. Him to run. Yeah, they were begging him to throw. Right, they, yeah. right. And so, you know, I mean, at this point, I mean, obviously, you know, it's easy to second guess now, but you wonder if at that point when they were having a problem moving the change, should they have done something different? Obviously, you you know, you guys over the last couple of days have recapped a lot on how much time was on the clock when they snapped and, you know, how many hand, you know, carries Keith Ford and Travion Williams had down the stretch. Those yeah. are all valid points. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mazzoni is – a good offensive coordinator, you know, it just – everything just didn't really – I mean, there were certainly some decisions that I think you'd probably like to have back in that down the stretch there. Yeah, and you got to take coach at face value because he was talking about injuries the other night. On Sunday, he was started – all of a sudden, he's talking about injuries. Mm -hmm. right? He's talking about Wilson's banged up. He's talking about Starkle's banged up. LeCamber's banged up. Ford's banged up. He mentioned all of it. Mm -hmm. So the operative question is, okay, murmurs are out there that Hubes wasn't 100%. Mm -hmm. Is he? Was he available? Coach said yes. Take the coach on his face value that Hubenak was available and the experienced guy wasn't used, he said, because he hadn't played yet in the game. So that's very, that, that's, very that sounds, suspect. That sounds suspect to me because the guy's a veteran. He's started three games in his career and he's played plenty. It would have made it been, if he was hurt, it would been easy for him to say, well, he's banged up. What right. am I supposed to do? Well, right. He had to go mod. Yeah. His monitor Blumberg, and he's a freshman too. Right, yeah. And he hadn't and, played in two no, years. No, exactly. And that, that's a whole other situation. So – I mean, it, it was it was a breakdown across the board, from coaching, offense, defense, play, making plays. I mean, I know people have mentioned if there's a couple of balls, if they just get their hands on on de defensively, the game's over. There's very very many points. It, it was a perfect storm of sorts. It was and a 50-50 split offense defense. Team. You know, and the funny thing is, is Kevin Tumlin's been on the other side of those games before in both of his career at Houston and here at A and M. Covered a Tulsa game, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I and mean, where they've come back. And been the team to to pull off the comeback. Right. Uh, I don't. He hasn't. It hasn't been as often that he's been on the other end, giving it up and losing. The difference. Case Keenum was on the other side. Right. Line. And that right. was the big key. Is okay. I think A and M's better than UCLA, but the un, the the unknown of the quarterback scares you if you're an A and M fan. Yet the the one thing we know is Josh Rosen's a stud when healthy. Right. Right. And tough as nails. And, and when the Josh Rosen that we knew showed up and, and the thing is is I think some of the big questions that you had about this team when you came into the season were young players in key spots in particular quarterback that's right but that that and in a game like that when things get tight and and guys get nervous because you know it's all seems to be a snowball and it's an avalanche you need a calming veteran experienced guy to step up and make a play and that's the thing is this is a young team in a lot of key spots that they're going to have to learn how to do that our thanks to sam Kahn. when we come back i believe there's four games that matter in the sec in week two of the college football season and we'll discuss those next as we close out week two of the tex ags maroon and white report on the crm sports network all across texas and beyond people are buying from tom light chevrolet why because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader Trade-In Marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. What doesn't make sense is why don't bikers order in drive throughs more often? Is it because the name drive through feels exclusionary? They should call it drive or ride through. But then I'd need three extra arms to hold my drink and burger and fries. Nah, I'm happy with just two arms. 
Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With MetroPCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, MetroPCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11 Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next plan cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 8-21-17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. We first opened about 10 years ago. We were, we were small, just a few of us. But it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans. But in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier. What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now, before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. segment of the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's run down the SEC schedule, and it's a, it's a clunky little schedule in week two. Not, not too many games of note, but I believe there are four games that matter in the league. You got games like Eastern Kentucky playing Kentucky and UT Martin at Ole Miss. Fresno State's coming to Tuscaloosa to take on number one Alabama. Indiana State at Tennessee. All these games going on Saturday. Alabama A&M versus Vanderbilt. You've got Nichols State coming to Texas A&M at 6 o'clock at Kyle Field. The Aggies, you would think, would roll big in that game and have a little get-right opportunity and let these young guys work it out and figure it out. Still an important game. It's a game that's not going to draw a lot of interest. Uh, A&M should win big. But it's an important game for the young players on this team to just get better. It's a it's an important game there. Six o'clock. It's on ESPNU. Uh, Chattanooga's taking on LSU. You got Northern Colorado against Florida. That's at the Swamp. You got Mississippi State taking on Louisiana Tech. Now, four games that matter in the SEC. We'll run those down. TCU number twenty three in the country on CBS at 2.30 Central Time at Arkansas. It's at Fayetteville Razorback Stadium. And TCU's coming into this game, the one team ranked and also favored by three and a half points. This were a neutral side, probably be close to seven. Kenny Hill did some good things. The offense looks explosive. Turpin's doing good stuff, as always, on special teams. I'm going TCU here to cover that. Arkansas's got a bunch. Now, Arkansas's run game looked good. Chase Hayden, uh, Devois Whaley. David Williams, who transferred, the grad transfer from South Carolina, they did some good things on the ground. That's their calling card. So a little bit better than I thought they were. For And they've got some, some pieces now they're trying to form. I still worry about their receiving core, though, and, and the receiving talent surrounding Austin Allen. I think TCU is going to get this done on the road and cover that three-and-a-half. So TCU, three-and-a-half point favorite at Arkansas. Auburn taking on Clemson. Clemson's favored by four and a half. I'm pulling. I'm going for the shocker here. Auburn in the points. I think Auburn's going to pull pull a shocker. I like Clemson's defense a lot. 
I like Kelly Bryant. He did some pretty good things. He impressed me now. A huge game like this, I believe. I think that Auburn was so vanilla intentionally to not give Clemson anything of what they want to do, and they ran all over the place. Carryon Johnson, Cam Martin, they didn't even have Cam Petway, and just ran. And I was, I know it's Georgia Southern, but still. I love Auburn's run game. I like the pieces they've got defensively. I've been thinking this for a couple of months. It's 6 o'clock on ESPN, and Clemson's favored, not by a lot, considering it's four and, a, four and a half points at home, the defending champs. I think Auburn goes on the road and shocks Clemson and wins this game. It's going to be a tight one, so I'm going to pick Auburn. Uh, Battle of Columbia, 6 o'clock ESPN2, South Carolina taking on Missouri. South Missouri's a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. They're getting the field goal, essentially, being at home. I'm picking South Carolina. I'm a believer, and I like Drew Locke a lot, but I'm a believer in South Carolina. They flew around. Their defense is better than I thought. Mizzou can't stop air, okay? And I believe South Carolina's got good offensive skill talent. Their defensive line impressed me a lot against NC State better than I thought they would be. They still have concerns up front on the offensive line, but their skill talent's good. Debo Samuel. I love their running backs. They cycle them in. They got three or four good ones. You know, A.J. Turner and Rico Dowdle. I really like what South Carolina's building there under Will Muschamp, and I think they go on the road and get the win. South Carolina by at least a touchdown. And then you got Georgia, Notre Dame. Number 15, Georgia. Number 24, Fighting Irish on NBC at 6.30 p.m. Notre Dame at home, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, going into this year, I was thinking dogs all the way, but two things happened last week. Number one, Brandon Wimbush looks really good at Notre Dame. And running, passing, 384 yards and two touchdowns in their season opening win. Was that against uh, uh, Temple, I believe it was? And then Josh Adams, the running back, 19 carries for 161 and two touchdowns. And what happened at Georgia was Jacob Eason, the incumbent, and the starting quarterback got injured early in that game. And Jake Fromm did some good stuff against Appalachian State, but he's a true freshman. So is a true freshman going to go on the road, start at Notre Dame, which is not that intimidating, but it's just in terms of the the volume and the, and the atmosphere, but it's just going up to South Bend, Indiana, and the thought of him going in there and beating this Notre Dame team, which was bad last year, but I think has improved. They I got a glimpse of them last week and was impressed. Okay, I'm really impressed with their quarterback, Brandon Wimbush. So I'm, I think it's a close game. I would pick Georgia to cover that spread. I think it's a field goal game. Notre Dame favored by four and a half. But I believe Notre Dame's going to pull off the win here. All right, Notre Dame over Georgia in South Bend, Indiana. That's Saturday night, 6.30 on NBC. And that'll conclude the second edition, second week of the Texas Maroon and White Report. Next week, we'll break down what the Nickel State win looked like. And this is kind of in that season where, you know, it's these gimme games. It's these early season gimme games, but A&M needs these games. Confidence builders, especially coming off last week. And so next week we'll look ahead to what you hope is a win over Nickel State. And, and look, we'll look back on that one and look ahead to University of Louisiana Lafayette coming in the following week. And I think that'll do it. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright. Thanks to Laura Rutledge and Sam Kahn. And you for tuning in. Gabe Bach with you. It's the Tex-Ags Maroon White Report on the CRM Sports Network.